I'm very sure you have an important life, but whatever you are doing, stop and pay attention. It's the Afternoon, a podcast with Brent and Robbie. Welcome to the Afternooner Sports Podcast. I'm Robbie. With me, as always, is Brent, joining us in a Spartan Race t-shirt, a Sunday School Billy. And Brent, this is our last podcast for the season. Well, it's frankly been our first full season. We started in 2014 in November, so this is our first full podcasting year. Now, it does line up with the academic year, and I'm hoping that everybody listening will stop saying the academic year to represent fall to spring and start saying the podcasting year. The afternooner year. The afternooner year. (laughs) I've heard, actually, that China is in talks to add a 13th year to the Chinese calendar. With the after-gooner being one of the sort of spirit animals that you can be. So it's it's dog, dragon. rat, dragon, tiger. So you're telling me that the after-gooner is not going to show up on those placemats at the Chinese buffet I go to? That's, what will it look like? Well, that's our competition for the week. After, drawing. After-gooners, call in. 517 <laughs> That was a good way to open the podcast. I feel excited now. If you've never called us before, leave us a voicemail. We might use your question on the air. We'll we, def- might, we might not. But we'll definitely use that caller's likeness to submit the Aftergooner image for the new Chinese 13th member of the calendar. We might. We will definitely listen to your call, though. We might not use it, but we'll listen to it. Yeah, and I mean, if you're homely, look, we're not going to – we got to look good on that Chinese buffet. But by homely, you mean if the waves of your MP3 file when we downloaded are homely, we're not going to listen to it. Exactly. You got to have a good voice for radio. We actually began warming up for this podcast by singing the Star Spangled Banner. We did. Which we've never done before. Well, let's explain why we sing the national anthem. Because we've all got our own mics, of course. Miss Pina here to my right, but we all also have our own headphones in. That's and a so first first time. We're f- I'm, I, if I knew the lyrics, I'd start singing "We Are the World," because didn't they all have? Isn't there isn't there clips of them in the studio? You know, like doing the classic, like hold on to their ears while they're singing. What? How did that song go? We right. are the world. We are the chi- children. We are the, the ones, ones to make a better day, so let's start giving. Something like that. There's a choice we're making. We're saving our own lives. We're here to make a brighter day. Uh, I might know some of the words. Clearly. What what mu- musical celebrity was that impersonating? Was that uh, Michael Jackson? I think that was Michael Jackson. And then I quickly went into Stevie Wonder. I think they went right after one another. Wow. That's a bold choice, Robbie. <laughs> that's that's how that verse goes. I was I was going I actually, for Kenny Rogers. I actually was just setting you up so we could play a brief clip of We Are the World. But then you started singing, so yeah, it's okay. Let's listen to that right now. I frankly I like your version better, Robbie. Thank you. And may, maybe I don't know what the copyright is going to be on this, but maybe since we're taking our summer hiatus, each week you could just record yourself singing a different song and then just put that on the <laughs> Afternooner website. So for the Aftergooners out there, are we going to record it all this summer? Or is the plan just, no, hands off, we're coming back in the fall? We we do have some, I guess, some specials. There will be a few shows that we're going to try to do over the summer. But part of the reason is we're we're doing a lot of traveling. A lot of traveling. Mm. And so we're not all going to be together at the same time. 
We might try to do maybe a phone call. Hmm. Maybe do a phone call. It's that is it's kind of tough. We will. I would. I would expect between June and August we do three or four. Yeah, we're working. Can I? Can we tell them what we're working on for June? I think we should start with what we're working on for May 29th. May 29th. Yeah. I, wait, is that the day? That's Memorial Day. Is it May 29th, Memorial Day? Is that a Monday? I thought that was a Sunday because that's the day that we fly back into the country. Is that Sunday? I thought that was the 29th. I get it. Where are you going, Robbie? Certainly not going to Ecuador, Brent. Touche. I'll be in the country all summer long, guys. Thanks. <laughs> so on on whatever day is Memorial Day, we have plans to be participating in a local Memorial Day parade uh, as the Afternooner Sports Podcast. Now not we- not as Brent, not as Robbie, not as just Billy. But as the Afternooner Sports Podcast. We're not sure the logistics of that because, frankly, there's a there's a possibility we're going to be rejected, right? Because we're going to fill out the application tonight and we're not going to find out if we're in the parade until when? Well, two of, two of us are out of the country so, until Memorial Day. B- Billy, you've got to put your name on the application because yeah, you're fine. the only one that would be able to get the response. And because we're both getting back in the country like the day before Memorial Day, you're, you have to put the float together. Well, the float, I'm actually, Robbie, what were you carried on to the from your wedding to your reception? Do you remember? Yeah, uh, I do because I made it. It was a homemade, it was a homemade rickshaw of sorts. And uh, two of my groomsmen, we played Loser Has to the night before, and they pulled my wife and I, my new bride, they pulled us through the crowds of people throwing birdseed, which was a mistake, by the way. Don't do that if you're after gooners. If you think about getting married planning your wedding, don't do the birdseed thing. Do bubbles or sparklers. Can I can I say something real quick before we talk about the rickshaw? The birdseed thing is, an, is annoying, but it's not because of it getting stuck in your hair or anything like that, but because it's based on a complete myth about birds. So the reason we used to throw rice, this is what everybody did. They always threw rice, uncooked rice, right? We can agree upon this. This is what used to be done. And because of a myth about birds, people started changing to bubbles I've never heard of sparklers. Yeah. Do you sparklers. like you light the sparkle and then throw it at them? Yeah. That'd be great. What if your what if your dress is made out of kerosene? Do people not even think about this? Well, usually those two things are paired together. Yeah, good. That's a good point. Uh no, th- the idea was that bird seed the that the uncooked rice birds would eat it and then it would expand in their stomachs and then the birds would die. This and this is a complete myth. It's an absurd myth. It's so stupid that even a 9-year-old would know it's not True, because, of course, birds eat uncooked rice all the time in rice fields. It doesn't do anything to their stomach. When you eat uncooked rice, it doesn't expand Like if you swallow a few pieces of uncooked rice. So it's a complete myth about birds being hurt by uncooked rice. And yet this tradition of American weddings got changed to bird seed all because of pure lies. So, Billy, back to the rickshaw. Wow. Brent, I was going to say, uh, the tradition of throwing rice, it sounds like started in ancient Rome and people threw it to sort of symbolize good luck, fertility, and plenty in their well, that's future that, life. How wonderful. So we yeah. took a tradition that went all the way back to ancient Rome and we threw it out because in the mid 20th century or probably even later, probably 80s or 90s or something like that, a myth started that this was killing birds. Like, would birds just keep eating so much rice until they exploded? That was the thought? This is much like the Alka-Seltzer throwing it to a seagull, that it makes a seagull blow up. 
Is that what? also a myth? Of course it's yeah, a myth. it is. What happens when you take Alka-Seltzer? Never taken it before. Well, one thing you do is you belch because your digestive system can go back out your mouth, as is the case with birds as well. So taking Alka-Seltzer, pretty much the same as drinking Pepsi. In a way. I mean, yeah, the only way a bird would blow up is if you stuffed its gullet with so much Alka-Seltzer oh. and perhaps rice and then plugged up both ends, the cloaca as well as the mouth. Then maybe it would explode. Maybe. But there, there are two different orifices for a bird for gas to escape, much like human beings. Stop the bird myth, people. Stop the bird myth. Start throwing rice at weddings. We're going to start with after good or Josh Cook. Wait, why don't – yeah, that's a great point. We are definitely throwing rice, and if they don't, we're going to throw it in the wedding as yeah. well as in the reception hall. Yeah. So during the ceremony, you guys are going to throw rice at the bride and groom. Well, no, we're going to be outside throwing rice. We're, we're throwing it at their wedding. We're just not going to attend their wedding because we're busy throwing rice. No, I do think what if we throw – you know, people at this at this parade – are going to be expecting us to throw candy. Actually, that's the one rule they told me when I got the application. They said, now, if you are passing out candy, you can't throw it from your float. You have to have walkers walking near the crowds handing out candy. Well, what if we're throwing rice, though? Are we allowed to throw rice? Absolutely. She didn't say rice. She did say candy. Okay, so, so let's throw rice. We can still hand would, out candy. It would what? take a very liberal definition of candy to include rice well, in that yeah, category. But, what about baseballs? <laughs> or rocks. <laughs> well, baseballs are sporty. Well, how about we just have big sacks filled with baseballs, rice, and rocks, and whatever we reach in and grab, we grab. Sound like a plan, guys? Or it could be a bag of rocks, nails, broken glass, and rock candy. That's And whatever the kids reach in and grab. That way we're not throwing anything. I was going to say, that would be very silly of us to reach into a sack of nails and glass and throw it. So let's make the kids reach in. Listeners... For those of you who may not remember, I think it was about a year ago we did a podcast where we talked about the idea of actually being in a parade as the sports podcast and wearing sashes that said world's number one sports podcast. That's what What, the mugs say. Whether we have those sashes or not, we're going to be in the parade. Listeners, if you have any ideas, because Sunday School Billy is going to be in charge of the float, the ride decorating. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe even costumes and probably the rocks and baseballs we're going to throw. If you have any ideas for him, tweet at us at the afternooner. So going back to the rickshaw, we kind of detoured there a little bit. That's what we do. So recently, Robbie, I saw a YouTube or a Facebook video of a Spring Arbor couple, both seniors, who are getting married. And they have resuscitated your rickshaw. I actually just talked to that couple today. Yeah. I, I think they're listeners, uh, Liz DeGraff. Mm-hmm. And Austin uh, Ramey. Uh, I don't know about Austin. I don't know how faithful of an aftergooner he is, but I think uh, Liz follows us on Twitter and does listen to the show. I'm going to imagine that she listens to every show, every minute of every show. But I just was telling her that they are more than welcome to use that for their wedding reception if it's appropriate. And I also asked, uh, we said, hey, but we might want to use it at the end of May for the Memorial Day Parade. We absolutely want to use that because I am going to figure out how to attach that to my moped and that will be our float for the parade. Is there any way that we could, I don't know, put a small message inside the rickshaw that they don't see right away so as they're in this glorious moment being carried off to the reception or to the airport or wherever they're being taken in that rickshaw, they look down and see that we've written a message Something like, we give it two years. Something. <laughs> <laughs> I I thought that we would just put a little uh, 
beaker underneath the seat with a sensor, and as soon as they sit down on it, just blast afternooner episodes. So the rest of their ride to the airport, as you said, in this rickshaw, they're going to be pulled to the airport of this rickshaw. They will just hear glorious episodes of the Afternooner Sports Podcast. The Afternooner is for lovers. We've always said that. Just like Virginia. Perhaps we could record something special, and it's us singing the Star Spangled Banner, Banner, but in between each breath, Robbie's inserting at (laughs) theafternooner.com. So back to the, can I get back to the Star Spangled Banner? Of course. Or do we actually, do we need to talk more about our hiatus? Is there any other reasons other than just travel and logistical reasons we're not in the same place? Or is there, is there, does it have something to do with our occupation? Well, we have grown weary of each other and we're just going to go away and dream it all up again. And then we'll come back in the fall ready to start anew. How many sports podcasts out there do you think take, uh, more or less take summers off? All the ones that hate baseball as much as the Afternooner Sports Podcast. <laughs> no, actually, summer is the time when a lot of these ESPN radio guys are taking long vacations and playing like best of and stuff like that. So, so I think we're an elite company. I'm, I'm not going to promise this, but we have toyed around the idea of maybe playing some of our best of shows or excerpts throughout the summer. So we might, again, not promising, we might repost some of the... Uh, some of the old school Afternooner episodes, maybe some of the ones uh, before we had a mixer, before we were in the friendly confines of the Dwayne Ski Memorial Studio. I call it the Afternooner Classico. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back in time and listen to some traditional standards in the podcasting world. Back to the Star Spangled Banner. We opened up with that. Hopefully we've got that recorded somewhere and that'll be on the B-sides of the uh, <laughs> Afternooner podcast, sports podcast box set that we release after our 10th year for our 10th year anniversary. But just this week, Dwayne Wade, guard for the Miami Heat, was playing in Toronto in the play- NBA playoff game against the Toronto Raptors. Toronto, if you don't know, listeners, is in Canada. Canada is a different country than the United States. <laughs> and so when they play games in can- Canada or against NBA games against the Canadian team, they do both national anthems for the United States and uh, the Canadian national anthem. Well, apparently in Toronto, they're doing the Canadian national anthem. Both teams are lined up except Dwayne Wade, three-time NBA champion Dwayne Wade, keeps shooting around doing his warm-up drills during the Canadian national anthem. Yeah, it, it, if you look at the video... It's not as though he's not aware it's happening. Everything has stopped. And his entire team is lined up just beyond a three-point line. He's the only one. St- but someone is still feeding him the ball. So what, is, what's the, what are the chances that the ball boy is like, yeah, I, I think I think Dwayne Wade needs five more shots here. No, he's almost certainly calling for it to keep on shooting. So, so... Maybe we don't call it malicious, but he knew that anthem was going on. So he might not have been intentionally disrespecting all Canadians, but he was at best uh, not being very considerate. Yeah, let's uh, let's talk about what would happen if Steve Nash had done that. Do we have any current Canadian ballplayers? Ben Simmons, who's going to be going into the NBA next year, is Canadian. So let's say Ben Simmons, who was a freshman at LSU this past year, is probably going to be the first pick of the draft. 
let's say it was LSU versus Texas in a basketball game. And during the American Anthem, he continued to shoot warm-up shots. What do you think the reaction would be? There would be a lot of hot takes. A lot of hot takes. We would... It might burst the Kelvin scale that those hot takes were so hot. So cold. So hot's cold. Uh, Well, one of the things that's most disrespectful about it is Canada has a great anthem. It has a great anthem. I know none of the words beyond O Canada. I'm not saying it's not great, but I could not tell you any, any words beyond that. Let me tell you a story. And this happened in Halifax, Nova Scotia about 15 years ago. I was on a road trip with two friends, and we traveled from Michigan all the way through eastern Canada and stayed in Yarmouth, Nova Scotia for several days. We were in Halifax, the capital, and we're just walking downtown, and all these people were marching, holding signs up, and we're just like, well, we should probably join in this. So we started marching along with them, and they marched on the, the Canada's version of a governor. I don't know what the term is. And his house was right in the middle of downtown and had these like, you know, like a white house fence around it. And everybody's, they've got a bullhorn attached to a car. They're, they're chanting. They're calling on this guy to come out because apparently Nova Scotia's governor was going to build a prison in this suburb of Halifax called Bedford. So they all had different signs saying no prison in Bedford. Well, myself and my two friends climbed up onto the concrete berm that the fence was built off. So now we're some of the highest people in this square of of people. And so they're taking turns talking into the PA system, talking about how due process wasn't followed and why they should have to have this prison. And it looks like the the premier or governor, whatever he is, isn't coming out. And so it's been like 45 minutes and things are about to disperse. And someone shouts, what are we going to do now? So from hanging on the metal fence, we shouted, let's sing the anthem. And everybody cheered, and they brought over the PA system to us. Now, if you don't know, after Gooners, I am not from Canada, and neither were my two friends from Canada. But now, we're holding the PA system while this Nova Scotian crowd of people is looking at us. (laughs) So, what do you do in that situation? This is what I chose to do. Into the PA system... I sang the first line that I knew, O Canada, our home and native land. And then I held the PA system up to the crowd and they took it away. And the entire square was singing O Canada to the absent governor of Nova Scotia. We got some bumper stickers. We got off that fence and we were celebrities. People were patting us on the back. And when they found out that we're not even Canadians. People were just cheering that these <laughs> Americans had joined them in this protest. So, you know, I don't know all the words to O Canada either, but I'll never forget that opening line. Kudos to you, because that's about the only way I think you could have handled that and saved face. Thankfully, though, everybody else was singing loudly enough or was willing to shout into that PA when you held it up that no one noticed that you guys were just mumbling the words, just watermelon, watermelon, watermelon. Oh, yeah. I, after they started, we didn't even sing. We're just, you know, waving our arms up in the air. I do. So there's a picture. And if I could find the picture, I don't have a digital copy. This is before digital cameras. But there's a picture of us. Because we were up higher than anybody else, someone gave us this huge sign that needed these two big wooden dowels. And we were holding up the sign for the people. 
uh, at, at a different point in the rally just because they wanted to get that thing as high as possible. And the press was there and taking pictures and whatnot. So uh, what year is this? This would have been 99 or 2000. So if I went into the uh, the newspaper archives from Eastern Canada. Of Halifax. From of Halifax around these times. I mean, there can't be too many significant newspapers. I'm probably going to find photos of you and your friends as part of these demonstrations. I mean, I have the photos to prove it. But it, it's, but it, it seems would more, be great to see it in the it public seems more record. Legitimate. Uh, not not that you doctor your photos. <laughs> not implying that. Central Nova Scotia Correctional Facility replaces three former prisons in Halifax, Colchester, and Kings Counties, all of which closed in 2001. Originally, construction had begun at Jack Lake near the Bedford Rifle Range. Did you hear that? Near the Bedford Rifle Range. All and what did I say? No prison in Bedford. Although surrounded by forest and far more isolated than the current site, affluent Bedford residents balked at the plan. In response, <laughs> in response, construction was halted and the province announced in October 1999 that the new site in Burnside had been chosen. Take that. Burnside is filled with nothing but human trash. So let me, let me, you just painted this picture that you were part of this coup of the people rising up, but here we find out you're part of this group of affluent Bedford residents who just don't want the prison to be in their town. There's still a kind of people. Look, it, if anything, it, do, it shows that I wasn't lying, right? That, that, that's that, true. That is authentic. You found, I'm so excited because I haven't thought about this story in years. They did it for years and years. I drove around with my, you know, 1990 red Toyota Corolla. And I had a bumper sticker that said, no prison in Bedford. And people would say, like, what is what is Bedford? And I'd be like, yeah, I don't know. In the same way that on the back of my current Toyota Corolla, which I've had for like 16 years, I have a decal from Russia of one of the, the Beagle brothers from DuckTales behind bars. And it says something in Russian. And I don't know. I used to know what it said. I don't remember. Because when I, I lived in Russia for a summer and one of my students – Gave me that sticker and I just put it on my car and it's been there for, you know, about 15 years. So I have, I have a history of just, look, I'll put a bumper sticker on my car if you give me one. So where's the where's the best place to put prisons? Underwater. Underwater. Moving on. You'd have the guards be octopi. Mm. Very intelligent. So, Brent, you shared with us uh, – you shared with us a story where you're <laughs> – you're, you're caught up in the emotion of a group of people, uh, of people being excited and passionate. Um, you were telling me that you went to had a, had an interesting experience uh, at a minor league baseball game this weekend. You went with your son and, and, and some friends at Lansing Lugnuts, right? We went to a Lansing Lugnuts minor league game that, you know, every minor league game has a promotion. Like you can't go to a minor league game that doesn't have a promotion. And we went – to this Lansing Lugnuts versus the Quad City River Bandits. Fantastic name. And the promotion was called Eatapalooza. And every ticket was $10 more than it was supposed to be. And every concession besides alcohol was free. You could have as much as you wanted. Wow. Yeah, people really... Throughout the game, there were more people in the lines than there were in the stands. What does that say about... I don't know. What does it say about baseball? What does it say about minor league baseball that they have to have these kind of events and then people come to them, but they spend more of their time 
participating in the marketing promotional event, waiting in line for all-you-can-eat hot dogs, rather than watching the majority of the game. Well, it means everybody knows that the game is meaningless, and it's just an excuse to create some variety in your life so that you don't have to stare into the abyss and realize that you don't want it to end, but it won't matter when it does. Do we want to tell the Aftergooners that we have a chance for four of them to not stare in the abyss together? Yeah, that's great. Yeah, bring this up, Billy. So recently, uh, all of the resident directors on campus, mail comes to the same locker. And I was given a letter from one of the previous resident directors from, oh gosh, three or four years ago now, Joel Thomas. Uh, and he had received a letter from the Lansing Lugnuts with four free tickets because he had previously purchased tickets to a Lansing Lugnuts game. Wow. So just sitting in my mailbox, four free tickets to the Lugnuts. Unfortunately, I am unable to go to the game. That game is this Friday at 7 o'clock p.m. against South Bend. South Bend what? Do we know what their name is? I'm looking at the schedule that says South Bend. South uh, Bend Bendies? South Bend Indianans. South Bend Benders? Keep guessing. So, Billy, we have – is this a giveaway? Do we have four free tickets to this Friday's Lansing Lugnuts game to the first afternooner that does – afternooner that does what? I don't know. I thought we'd figure (laughs) that out beforehand when we were setting up all the sound stuff. How about lifts a car off a child? Ooh, it's the South Bend Cubs. Oh, gosh. Uh, that is right. sometimes no, we're not even giving away those tickets. We're just burning them. Yeah. We're going to we're going to we're going to tear them up. We're going to videotape it and we're going to send that video to the Lansing Lugnuts. Speaking speaking of giveaways, we'll get back to the tickets. We still have three pair a pair some jeans <laughs> <laughs> and we actually ha- we've uh, have quite a few people that have retweeted or shared their post. Uh, we're not doing it today. So one of these episodes in the summer, I'm going to. I'm going to make an, maybe an empty promise that we're going to get to it. Wait, you're going to be in Italy. Do you promise to take your jean shorts with you and then mail them to the winner from Italy? Uh, Just like shove some like Italian sand and sausage into the... Uh, rub, rub olive oil all over them? Yeah. Have a mafia man sneeze into it? Uh, maybe. I mean, you're going to Ecuador. Will you mail your jeans to someone from Ecuador? No, I'm going to sell them in Ecuador for a... <laughs> 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 Billy, are you going to be anywhere in the next month? In the next month, I will be going on a canoe trip with Jeff and Anna Tabone. Potentially to the Ad- Adirondacks. Do oh. they have a post office in the Adirondacks? Probably not. You know, on, on that same trip to Nova Scotia, I was in the Adirondacks and I took a full can of open spaghettios and threw it. <laughs> <laughs> Threw it at a sign that said, keep food covered, bears in area. So I just, we, there's a picture of us having covered the sign in different food. Sounds like you weren't practicing leave no trace principle, friend. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, the deer will come and eat it. And then the bear eat the deer. It's a circle of life. Look, I'm not saying we were the most mature, accomplished you are trail cer- runners. You're certainly not saying that. It's, it's something a stupid college kid did after he helped keep the plucky population of Bedford free from the nefarious felons of Nova Scotia. 
It was part of our celebration. Some people pour champagne over their heads. Other people heave SpaghettiO cans at signs warning about bears. To each their own. Robbie, perhaps because the uh, perhaps because this episode is airing so late in the week, so close to when the game's being played, whoever calls in first and says, "Hey, I want those tickets," we'll try and get them to you. Leave us a voicemail at 517-798-6187. Can I make an amendment? How about the person who just gives us the funniest voicemail that is of high quality so we can play it and is not vulgar so we can play it. Whoever creates the best voicemail, they get all four tickets. Does it have to have something to do with sports? Not at all. Okay. No. It has great. to have something to do with the Afternoon or Sports podcast. That's a great point. What if... It can have something to do with sports. Idea here, guys. What if... We start just matchmaking and we try and set up four after gooners who are single mm. and just have them in the stands together. And it's just our sign of saying, hey, we think you guys would be really good together. And apparently this group marriage that you're going to have. <laughs> of, of four people. <laughs> Look, again, champagne over the head, SpaghettiOs on signs, two people marriage, four person marriage. It's not for me to say. Leave us a voicemail about something sports related. Maybe matchmaker Brent might match up for random people. But if you tell us a story, tell us something about sports, something about the Afternoon Sports Podcast, the one that we like the best, we will get all four tickets. Yeah, it's it's pretty much just going to be whoever we want to give it to, right? Shh. <laughs> <laughs> but Brent, we were talking about the Lansing Lugnuts game. You were starting to talk about promotional nights and marketing, which is what led us down this beautiful path to four free tickets for one of our lucky Afternooner listeners. Fantastic. But tell us more about uh, the game. Yeah, so it's just a tradition of uh, of mine and some friends that when we go to minor league games, this is not going to sound good. I mean, you've already thrown a can of SpaghettiOs <laughs> and littered. No, 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 no. No, we did not litter. That is, that is not what happened. So you picked up the can? Absolutely. And, and just fact, left the spaghetti. Because when I threw the can, I the can was open and I just sort of, you know, made everything come out of the can and splash against the sign. We also put other foodstuffs on it, sort of daring the bears to go. I'm, so, I'm sorry, Adirondacks. Uh, Sunday School Billy will treat you much better. <laughs> <laughs> we did not litter, though. I want to make that clear. But, yeah, so we have this uh, tradition that we we sort of taunt – someone on the baseball field at minor league games and why minor league games because we don't go to major league games they're too expensive and you're too far away to do any real taunting but here's the thing it's fun taunting it's fun heckling the 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 foundational principle of the taunting is first of all you don't make fun of anything that's real right so if so you know if a person I don't know. There's, there's probably not a lot of people playing in the minor league baseballs with a disability. But you wouldn't, like, pick out the disability or something. Like, if there was an albino player, you wouldn't be taunting them about their being an albino. It has to be something so absurd that you can't really say it's cruel because it doesn't make any sense. So a lot of times the person we pick out is the base running coach who like has – the third base coach. Or the first base coach, whatever – so was, not even not even a player. No, Some older, I mean it's, it's, it's generally sometimes it's an ump, but it's generally a base running coach because they're so. I mean, you don't really need them. Certainly not a first base coach. 
and even a third base coach rarely has an impact on the game. And uh, and this, but these are minor league third base coach or first base coaches. Yeah, so that means they're an assistant coach as well. I mean, th- so there was a third base coach. He was actually the third base coach of the Lugnuts, but we were sitting on the visiting side, better seats. Minor league baseball hack: always go to the min- always go to the visiting team seats because the stadium's small enough that you'll still be cheering with the crowd, but there's less people in the visiting seats. So we were sort of heckling the third base coach, but in a funny way, like it wasn't like making fun of him. It was just being absurd. And then another person caught our eye because as you all know, in minor league baseball, there's a lot of promotions that go on. Hmm. And so we were about nine rows up and some high schoolers are wearing these Lansing Lugnut jerseys with different car related names on their back. And one of them came out to throw T-shirts. You know, they're playing some song between innings and they're throwing T-shirts. And so myself and my friend were shouting, hey, we've got kids here. Throw a T-shirt down to our kids. And this high schooler wouldn't even wouldn't even look at us. So we just realized that the person we needed to fun taunt the entire game was this guy on the lug nuts. And his the, the name on his back of his shirt was Axel. Which was great. I don't. I don't think that was his real name. I just think it was like sort of part of a car. So in the same way that they're lug nuts, here's Axel. So every time this Axel then for the rest of the game came out onto the dugout to do some you know silly event or something like that, we were just chanting Axel, Axel in in what is the universal chant of mockery. I mean that that's just that's the sound of that chant. So they came out to do. YMCA and they're playing YMCA MCA over the uh, over the PA system, and we're we're getting other people to do it. So everyone's now chanting Axel, Axel, and it's getting louder than YMCA so much so that Axel can clearly hear us dancing with the other high schoolers. He's the only male of about seven, but he's smiling, he's laughing about it. Every time he comes out, we do this. At one point, a a young woman walks out onto the dugout with a let's, and then on the other side of the stadium, someone has the go, and she starts raising the sign up to do let's. But we've got our we've got people doing the axle chant loud enough that she just <laughs> she just gives up trying to get people to say let's because everybody's chanting axle. So at the so this happens till the end of the game, and uh, and at the so we walk out of the stadium, and as we're going to our car, my friend says. Oh my gosh, I think that's Axel. And it was. It was Axel standing on the street corner waiting to cross the street with his mother who gave him a ride to the game and then had come to pick him up. So we ran up to him and say, said, hey, Axel, it's us. Can we get a picture with you? And he said, sure, because he really was a great sport about this whole thing. So I have a picture of myself, my friend, and our, and our sons with Axel taken by his mother and the other cheerleaders were there saying, oh, Axel, were these your hecklers? Uh, yeah, yeah. My six-year-old son helped heckle. But again, <laughs> again, it was fun heckling. Because actually, some of the, and th- this is the bad part of it. So some of the people around us who had joined in the Axel uh, chant, they were doing other sort of heckling, but they didn't get the rules. So there was an umpire out in the field who was very short. And when a call was made that one of these guys didn't agree with, he started talking about the ump being so short as to not see it. And now we're just sitting here and we're like, no, like this is not 
how you, you're actually making fun of a person. Axel was smiling, laughing. Everybody was having a good time. Or, uh, you know, he's, he's shouting about, you know, one of the Lugnuts players comes out and he wants to say, you know, how about if I pinch hit for you? You haven't gotten a hit all game. So I'm just like, no, like that's actually relevant to the game. You need to be making fun of him for his walk-up music. That's something to taunt someone about, not their actual performance or their physical attributes. So clearly there's at least I'm going to say it's an afternoon or policy. If you guys want to disagree with me, that's that's fine. You can be wrong. But that <laughs> that that taunting is OK when it's fun taunting, which is always rooted in an absurdism that is fun loving and nonsensical. What if it's someone we really don't like? Well, no, that's that's di- you can't do that. You, it, no, it like, always has to be fun loving. Like we really, really don't like him. <laughs> well, then you just beat him up in the parking lot. Okay. You don't you don't taunt him. You okay, just so him this is just taunting. Exactly. Other actions can take place. I don't, I don't even like the term taunting. I think we need a new a term. Can we call it faunting? Because it's fun taunting. <laughs> it's, it, there's no ill will in it whatsoever. So did the uh, do you know did the lug nuts win the game? Do you have any idea who won the game? Which uh, which night was it? This was Saturday night against Quad City River Bandits. I have the score. Yeah, I believe it was something like five to two. Who won? Quad City won. It's two to six. Quad City did win. Oh, so they must have scored another run. Uh, I think Sports Drunk is a great sort of redefining or a new definition, like sports definition for our aftergooners. I don't like fonting. I think we can do better than that. As in you just don't like the term. It just doesn't. It's like Sports Drunk. Oh, yeah, like. I want to know what that is. How about feckling? Because that's <laughs> fun heckling. We're getting there. So uh, can I ask a heckling question? Of course. Uh, now you're you're doing it in a spirit of uh, you're trying to be fun. You know, you're not trying to be cruel. In, in any heck, way. In your heckling. But there are fans who uh, get courtside seats at a basketball game or a baseball game and will just scream at players, say terrible things and you know, insult their families, insult their loved ones, insult the way they look, you know, unfortunate things happening to them. And the defense is, hey, these people have paid hundreds of dollars to have these good seats. It's their right and privilege to scream and behave any way they want towards these players. It doesn't matter if you're in a sporting event. The first and foremost is the person is a human being. So if you feel like it's a license to dehumanize a person, then, well, no, you can't do that in a sports game because you can't do that anywhere. That's the that's the principal ethical interaction Wait, between two people. That's not how your classes work when you're teaching. You don't have students yell at you. And, <laughs> Only when and... I do a bad job. So every Wednesday and Friday. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't understand what – I mean, I think it would be fine to boo. I mean, even booing I think is fine because – as long as it's not rooted in turning that person into less than a person. And I get that it's a fine line and people could abuse it. Do you want Do you want to teach people that it's res- the responsible civic duty is to vote or to actually go through jury duty? Well, what if you found out that some people were voting for a person that you thought was psychotic, who you couldn't believe was about to get a nomination? Huh. So you wouldn't say like, oh, I don't want – I'm going to – I can't imagine that, Brent. Exactly. I, you're not going to say, well, I don't think I should vote because other people are doing the same thing but in a really irresponsible way. You just hope that, you know, you lead by example with your feckling or fonting or whatever term <laughs> we're going to land on. Uh, where do you stand on people running out onto the field, naked or otherwise? 
you know, I, I mean, I don't pretend to be an expert, so I'd like to hear what you all think, but I love it when people run out on the field. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. And I hate the sanctimony that the televised crew always has because well, they can't show it on well, TV. Well, they, they choose not to show it. They yeah. could show it. But what always happens when they turn the cameras away is you see the crowd just burst into cheers because sometimes you'll be watching a game and the cameras will stop and you'll hear the crowd cheer. And for a second, you'll be like, what, what happened? And then you realize, no, someone ran out onto the court or onto the field because everybody loves it. One of my favorite videos is of a guy. I don't know what baseball game it was. You guys probably have seen this video. He goes out onto the field and he actually like climbs up and sort of just climbs his way out and everyone's cheering and he and he gets out of the park. I think they do catch him later. They do catch him. That was at a Houston Astros game. He deadlifts himself up over like the barrier and Th- drops so down like 10 feet or something. He does. So if you know, I think it's called Minute Maid Park. He gets himself over the center field. He runs up a grass knoll or something like that and then deadlifts himself up to a whole other area of the stadium. And when he does that deadlift... The crowd is cheering like crazy. It's wonderful. Because weren't the security guards like at his heels at that point? Yes. Yeah. It looked mm-hmm. like he was going to get caught and then he did these amazing acts. I mean, I get I got I get it not being allowed and then you get just, you know, you get disciplined, you're never allowed to come back to the stadium. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Because obviously it could be very dangerous for the players. But I'm not going to pretend that that's not a really fun thing to see. So I I think I've shared this before on the podcast, but it was 21 years ago this week. The end of my freshman year in college, we went to a Detroit Tigers game, the first the first home game of the season, I believe it was, right after the strike-shortened season. So the strike-shortened season, you know, they canceled the World Series that year. This is the first, I think, Tigers home game, and they were giving away these Tigers-scheduled magnets, and it was a game where about 15 people ran on the field, a game <laughs> against the Cleveland Indians. Every one of these magnets that were handed out were all thrown on the field during the game. You know, and and the, the hot take was that fans are so upset at baseball for canceling the World Series that this is how they're behaving in protest. But really, it was just a bunch of drunk people in the bleachers behaving behaving like crazy people. But just inning after inning, we'd have one or two people jump on the field and start running around, and the security guards would chase them. And then you'd see other groups of people from other parts of the stadium jump onto the field and just take off sprinting across the field. Yep, baseball is clearly the sport to do this at because football players tackle you and are much larger. Much larger, and they have pads on. They're really going to hurt you. Right. The uh, At this game, Kenny Lofton, the center fielder for the Cleveland Indians, actually got hit in the back of the leg with a baseball that fans from center field bleachers threw back. So someone hit a home run, and they threw the ball at him, and it hits him in the back of the leg. Napkin dispenser was thrown from the section I was wow. sitting in. I was not a part of it. Bat right onto the field. The umpire and both managers come out to the outfield, stare at the crowd, and are pointing fingers and saying, we're going to have to forfeit the game if you guys don't stop this. So, But isn't this like the high school principal saying, hey, stop laughing. It's not funny. Well, nothing's funnier than you telling us it's not funny. <laughs> this is one of the most memorable baseball games I've ever been to. And One of the most fun? Or were were you too young to really... I mean, like, because drunk people are scary, right? I mean, you, you, you get people drinking at sporting events and you're like, no, I don't want, this yeah. is, this is getting to a whole other I mean, place we weren't that- in, we weren't in the bleachers, so we didn't experience that firsthand. We just, you know, experienced the, uh, the pandemonium and excitement of the crowd throwing things on the field and watching everybody else run. The, the best part was 
the center field fence was about eight or 10 feet high. And there was a couple, a guy and a girl that climbed over. There's two fences. They climbed down the first one and then they climbed over the second one to get on the field. While the girl, as she's coming off of the second fence, gets her foot stuck and trips up uh. and face plants, <laughs> just face plants. And you just gravel from the warning track and probably a little blood. And she gets up and soldiers on and just sprints out on that field to be quickly tackled by security officers. I love that this is your most memorable baseball game experience. And it has nothing to do with baseball itself. Like it's just sort of the breaking down of the baseball game that there was just so much chaos going on that that was what was fun about it for you. So this is a, an example of, you know, we had Feckling, uh, which is an example of fans taunting, not necessarily hating, uh, but taunting players or some high school marketing student who's doing his <laughs> unpaid internship yeah, that his mom I, dropped him off at. I mean, I, I actually think feckling is closer to love than hate. As another way of testing whether you're heckling or feckling, uh, do you love that? I mean, do you are you liking that person more because of you're doing it? Or are you really like working yourself up into anger and... Um, and distaste because that's certainly not feckling because it sounds like you had a positive experience with Axel after the game. I'm sure you guys traded afternoon or sports business cards with him <laughs> naturally. And look, if, if the first time we did that with Axel, he, you know, his shoulders dropped and he walked off the, off the dugout, the top of the dugout, we, we wouldn't have done it anymore. You know, he had such a great smiling, laughing response. He was eating it up. That just, I mean, it was, a, it really was a sort of beautiful example. I don't know if we can send this out to Axel somehow, get it to the Lansing Lugnuts. At one point, the like manager of the high schoolers was walking past us really slowly, watching us to see if we were like saying something mean or something like that. But we weren't. We were just we were just saying his name. But it was actually the perfect symbiosis between fan and again, I can't say player, so I guess just teen cheerleader. I don't, I don't know what they're called. So, so we, we have this range of what you get. We're doing at the minor league Lancey Lugnuts game. We have the, uh, the fans running on the field, throwing the baseballs and napkin dispensers. And I don't know if you guys saw this story this week in Europe. Apparently there's something called like the European, the European, uh, wheelchair basketball championship. And in Turkey, they, it's, it's not, it's, uh, I'm, I'm, you're shaking your head, Brent. So it sounds like you have more details than I do. But but they ultimately they canceled this game because of fan behavior. Yeah, right? this is uh you know I, it's it's an interest of mine. We've brought up disability a lot on this podcast, and we're going to go back to that well again because this does involve disability. It was it was the European Champions Cup of wheelchair basketball, and it was taking place in Germany. And two teams, both of the teams from Turkey, were going to play each other. But a brawl broke out between the opposing fans. Ten people were hospitalized. Bats and knives were used during the brawl. Tear gas had to be used to disperse the people. At one point, some of these hooligans got on a bus to try to get away from the police. And the police caught them down the road like 30 kilometers or something like that. It it was utter chaos. It's It's... I, it's called the Champions Cup. I think it's the International Wheelchair Association or something like that. Now, these two clubs, I'm probably not going to pronounce this correctly. One of them is Galatasaray and the other one is Besiktas. These these are two 
clubs. So what that means is in Europe, this is how it works, is that you have a club and then these clubs have several different sports all at the same club. So Juventus in Italy. I think it's Italy, right? Juventus is Italy. I thought it was Spain. Is it Spain? But I'm not 100% sure. They, they've got soccer, but they've also got basketball and things like that. So instead of rooting for a city's franchise or something like that, you're just a part of a sports club. And so these two places in Turkey, these two clubs hate each other in soccer. And so that hate just continues over into wheelchair basketball. And if you don't know, Germany is a major spot of Turkish immigration. So there's a large Turkish population in Germany. But what what so one of my favorite parts about this is that this was in a tournament that the that the fans rioted over this Gallus Galatasaray and Besiktas. But the game was for fifth or sixth place in the tournament. Oh. <laughs> so, Sorry, that whole time I would I thought it was it a sounded like game. it was no. the championship game. This no. is at a tournament. This was this was at a tournament fighting for what could only be either fifth or sixth place. Man. Actually, the winner was, and I'll not pronounce this right either, it's C.D. Elunian. I don't know. You know it's, it's Europe. Who cares? My, my <laughs> That was all just like the perfect storm of yes. the, the afternooner story of the year. Look, it, it gets it gets kind of better because the, the the players the players had nothing to do with this. The game was canceled. So if you go to the if you go to the website and look at all the standings, there's no fifth or sixth place because they just canceled the game. It actually happened outside of the venue before the game started. They just canceled the game just to keep everybody safe. The players had nothing to do with the players weren't taunting, the players weren't a part of it. It was just, you know, they're Turkish, so they're probably Muslim, so they shouldn't be drunk. But uh, probably I kind of hope they're drunk, because if they can do this sort of rage while they're sober, I don't want to know what they're like when they're drunk. But it's just because these they're both so what's amazing to me is that these are Turkish people in Germany, where they're often sort of seen as second class citizens in Germany. And instead of uniting their, their hatred of rival sports clubs is greater than any sort of national pride. If I knew the Turkish anthem right now, I'd sing it as a protest of what these fans did. It's the exact opposite of Feckling. Yeah, there's something ironic, of course, that this was taking place at wheelchair basketball. Not just because it's not a very popular sport and they were still rioting over this, but also because... Bats and knives were used. So people who came to this game with athletes who were disabled might have walked away disabled themselves because of their brawl. Ten people hospitalized. So the players were not involved. Players were not involved. This wasn't one team did something and the plans or the fans, you know, responded to. It wasn't a bad call by an official. It sounds like it had very little to do with the game. Look, I don't want you to take away from the fact that this was wheelchair basketball. It's not the first time that violence has broken out between supporters of their wheelchair basketball sides. That's right. In 2012, 10 fans were arrested after a clash during a game in Istanbul when supporters sprayed fire extinguishers at each other. Police had to use tear gas to break up the fighting. Fire extinguishers. How, I mean, how many fire extinguishers, did they bring those fire extinguishers in? Or did they just find all the fire extinguishers in the building and use those? And when someone sprays you in the face with a fire extinguisher, 
Do you then turn around and run to go find another fire extinguisher? Like the only way to fight a fire extinguisher is with fire extinguisher. <laughs> that sounds more like feckling. <laughs> <laughs> so while I was while I was reading this story, knowing that we were going to talk about this, I actually learned some things about wheelchair basketball that I didn't know that I thought I'd share with you all an actual sports part of this podcast. So you might have wondered in wheelchair basketball, how do you determine traveling? Do you guys want to take a guess? How, how do you determine there is traveling? How do you determine traveling in wheelchair basketball? Cause you are, you are dribbling, right? There is dribbling, but there's obviously not steps. I would think it has to do with, uh, I don't know the correct terminology. I would think it has to do with dribbling the ball and then giving yourself a push and then dribbling the ball and then giving yourself a push. I would think do the wheels do the wheels make a full revolution? That's the that's the distance, whatever that is. That's the distance of traveling. So you're you're both close, and I, I just we'll just make it more specific and see what you can guess. It does have to do with how many pushes. Mm-hmm. So you have to dribble in between a certain number of pushes. Otherwise, it's traveling. This is at least, I should say, in Europe. I'm not sure if American wheelchair basketball has different rules or what Ecuadorian wheelchair basketball has. Uh, I will soon find out. But what do you say? How many pushes do you think? Because sometimes you think about sports rules and you're like, is that fair or not? So you all don't know the rule. What do you think would be fair? How many pushes in between dribbles? Two. Because uh, you get two steps to travel in a, in, a, in a basketball game. So if you get that third push in, it's a travel. I was going to say two, but I'll say three. Well, depending on how you look at it, you're both right. It is like basketball. If you go three pushes without dribbling, you have traveled. Mm. Now, does a push, uh, can it be one hand or two hands? Does it have, is two hands a push? Or if I use one hand, is that a push? Or do I get four one-handed pushes if I do them separately? I would, I, it's a good question. I would think it has to do with movement yeah. rather than rotation. So yeah. I think if you, if you just turned your wheel, I would not think that considered a push, but you could move yourself forward with one hand. So I don't think it's about one hand or two hand. I think it's probably about movement. So a push that creates movement rather than, you know, in order to turn yourself in a wheelchair, obviously one wheel would be going one way and the other goes the other. But no, I, th- I think this is about movement. That is a guess though. So let me bring up this other rule. So people in wheelchairs have different physical abilities. Some people are amputees. Some people um, are, are just frail. How do you determine the fairness of the team when you have such a range of people with different physical abilities? Doesn't matter. Just like non-disabled basketball. Okay, that's a good guess. Uh, The answer is, again, this is in European wheelchair basketball. Each player is assigned a number based on their ability between 1 and 4.5. And you can't have more than 14 points represented on the court. And if you do, then it's a technical foul, much like sort of a legal defense or something like that. So someone who would have very little strength, perhaps one arm. I don't I mean, I honestly don't know how it works, would get a very low number. And someone who is very strong and able to push that wheelchair easily gets a 4 or a 4.5. And then you count them all up and it has to be less than 14. So here's what what I would like to know is 
in the NBA, there's often like it's say, oh, it's a superstars league. Ten good players that you're going to have on that can win it, lead a team to a championship. And so there's this belief that if you have one or two, in some cases three of these top players, you are have a very good chance of winning a championship. Is this true also for for wheelchair basketball? If you have, let's say you have uh, two players who are 4.5s and then the rest of your players are, you know, 0.5 players, is that better? One is is the lowest. One is the lowest. lowest. But but you see my point. Is that better off than having a team of maybe seven or eight players who are all even, even the all about maybe 2.3? I don't know if my math adds up there or not, or maybe two. Is are you better off having a, a deep team? In wheelchair basketball, or can one or two guys that are really good swing the entire game for a team if you just have a bunch of scrubs? It's a fantastic question. I don't know who we might go to as an expert, but reading this story, and I don't know if any of you have seen the documentary Murderball, which is about wheelchair basketball here in the United States. It's a really fascinating sport and a really fun sport to watch. I I don't know if we have an American league in wheelchair basketball. There's got to be something. But I would love to get us some media credentials at wheelchair basketball and talk to an expert about how this works. Because again, maybe in the American system they don't do these points. I, I don't. I don't know how it works. But it's something. Maybe I'm going to spend my summer hiatus working on. Uh, and maybe I'm going to spend uh, my time in Italy trying to find contact information for that Beskitas coach that you were talking about that just got in the brawl. Maybe we can get him on the next podcast. You know, you're much closer than normal. To I believe it was almost a year ago that we talked about the man who faked being mentally disabled in order to be on the, the Paralympics, not even the Special Olympics, on the Paralympics. Uh, if you could get in contact with that journalist, I'm that would be – you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure still your three, wife – I'm still three countries away I, from yeah, that journalist. Yeah, but it's Europe. It's all the same. <laughs> I'm sure you'll talk to your wife. I know this is our 10-year anniversary, but I, I really need to do this for the podcast. <laughs> All right, so let's end the podcast this way then. We'll start with you, Sunday School Billy. What are you going to do over the summer in order to come back a stronger podcaster? I'll probably take some voice lessons, My practice my Doremi Fasolatitos. I was thinking about, since we won't be doing the normal programming that we always do, of doing some shorter, maybe five or ten minute segments on, since baseball's the only thing that's happening, well, something that I don't like about baseball and just sort of recording that for five minutes and posting it on the afternooner. So I see, uh, you know, a video of, oh, this happened in baseball. And I'll just talk for five minutes about why I think baseball is dumb and why that video doesn't matter. We could we could call it, a, you know, it's Sunday School Billy. So we call the segment something like Sunday School Billy's Sonic Feltboard Lesson. <laughs> that sounds great. I'm keeping that. <laughs> So, Brent, uh, what are you going to do this summer to become a stronger podcaster? Well, I'm going to learn more about wheelchair basketball. I'm actually legitimately excited (laughs) to do that. I think there might be teams at Michigan State and in Battle Creek. Really? Those are the two. So one of those was a university and the other one was a town. Mm -hmm. So do you mean that they're college teams or or does one of them is tied to Michigan State University. The other is Battle Creek Team River Runner Battle Creek. And I have contact information for both of those clubs. These are clubs operating out of those areas. Yeah, I think I think we're going to be – I don't know when the schedule of the games are, but we are going to be attending. Can I ask a very ignorant question? Yeah. Do you, do you have to be confined to a wheelchair to participate in wheelchair basketball? 
Yes. Well, let's let me say let's say let's say you're confined to a wheelchair, Brent, and we're friends. Let's pretend, okay? <laughs> but I want to go with you. Could I play in a wheelchair basketball club? You know, in a wheelchair uh, to be on your team. Let me ask you a question. Do you think you'd be allowed to participate in the Special Olympics if you just said like, ah, I won't sleep for three days before the competition? Are we friends in this scenario? <laughs> Not if you ask that question. <laughs> no, I, I mean, it, it is a fair question. And I'm, I, I don't know. But if I'm a betting man, I'm saying, yes, you have to be in a wheelchair. I'm sorry to have gotten your hopes up. Michigan State's club only offers archery and shooting for the disabled. And Battle Creek only offers canoeing slash kayaking. What? I thought basketball was like the most popular sport among people in wheelchairs. Well, there's no official clubs tied to the U.S. Paralympics, so we're going to keep looking. We'll keep looking. Robbie, how, what are you going to do in order to be a stronger podcaster at the you end know, of the summer? I'm, uh, I'm actually, I'll, while I'm in Italy, I'll figure out the no, the I'll figure out how to count to ten. And I'll figure out how to say our phone number in Italian. That's what I'm going to learn to become oh. back as a stronger podcaster. Fantastic. We I got like there. That a lot. We got there. Yeah. Our afternooners wait with bated breath. <laughs> you don't need to wait with bated breath very long for our hopeful appearance in the Memorial Day Parade at Spring Arbor University. That'll be us being pulled in a rickshaw behind a moped driven by Sunday School Billy or some sort of vehicle. Not really sure what it's going to be. But if we're not in that parade, just know it's because the township of Spring Arbor forbade us to be a part. Oh, we're we're going to be in that parade, even if they forbid us. One way or another. If you did, if you missed it earlier, we are giving away four tickets to the Lansing Lugnuts game. All you have to do is call us at 517-798-6187. Leave us a voicemail, a story. They're just shaking their head because I didn't sing. I Look, didn't give a little jingle with the voicemail. We're about to go on the summer hiatus. This should be the jingle of all jingles. Five one seven seven nine eight six one eight seven. Ooh. Loved it. Loved it. <laughs> I'm getting smiles all around I the table. I can't wait for you to come up with a jingle about Sunday School Billy's sun- Sonic Feltboard lesson. <laughs> <laughs> Leave us a voicemail. If you want to get a chance to win those four tickets to the Lansing Lugnuts game this Friday. I think it's Saturday. He said Friday. Saturday night. What? 7 p.m. <laughs> I'm editing this week, so I'm going to take that part out where I said Friday. <laughs> yeah, no, you won't. It's too much work. If you've not subscribed before, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, follow us on SoundCloud, listen to us on Stitcher, tweet at us at the Afternooner. Until next time, whenever that may be. So long. Bye-bye.